Oh, great Guru Kapal, ferry our souls across. I weep in front of you. I request you, O oh, gracious one, to believe me. This is the Bhajan Ruha Sadhya Nupada Langa on page 112. I am your soul. Listen to my request. Release me from the snare of Kal. I have no control over you, O oh beautiful one. Come and make the forgetful soul understand. Our eye is closed and darkness prevails. Shower grace and remove the veil. I know no one else except you. The world has become empty without you. I will forget all the pain if you would come in the courtyard. Don't torment the soul of a jab. Oh, great Guru Kripal, ferry our souls across. I weep in front of you. I request you, O oh gracious one, to believe me. Bhajan of Sanchi on page 112. <laughs> Oh, 
Ankrasadi bande sanu hogia ander he hogia ander he Ankrasadi bande sanu hogia ander he hogia ander he Dia kar devo par dahata guru kire pal danave ruha sadia nu par langa guru kire pal danave roa tere agitar le me pa tere bina hor ki senu nei jaan di ki senu nei jaan di metha tere bina hor ki senu nei jaan di ki senu nei jaan di jagat tere bina suna hogiya guru kire pal danave ruha sadiya nu par langa guru kire pal danave rova tere age thar le me pha जान दुख सारे वेदे मेरे आ जावी आके फेरा फा जावी भूल जान दुख सारे वेदे मेरे आ जावी आके फेरा फा जावी रुआ जाय बदिनु ना थरफा गुरु कीरे पाल दानवे रुहा सदिया नु पार लंगा गुरु कीरे पाल दानवे रोवा तेरे आगे थार ले मे Oh, great Guru Kapal, ferry our souls across. I weep in front of you. I request you, O oh gracious one, to believe me. Our next bhajan is on page 161. I bow down at your feet and I make this prayer that I may be fortunate to meet some saint. In my mind, I have the desire to meet God. I sacrifice my mind and offer all wealth in front of you. I have given up the path of mind. Day and night, I lovingly follow him who tells me the story of God. When the past karmas begin to sprout, one meets a loving renunciate man, the master. Nanak says, and then the darkness is removed, God is met, 
and one gets up from the slumber of birth after birth. I bow down at your feet and I make this prayer that I may be fortunate to meet some saint. Bhajan of Guru Arjan Dev on page 161. Karo benati kausanta Jabbar gaate 
down at your feet and I make this prayer that I may be fortunate to meet some saint. The next World Religions class will be on October 24th. And today I want to read two short talks, one by Master Kapal and one by Sanchi, both of which speak to very important aspects of the path. This talk by Kripal Singh was given on January 25th, 1964. And this was, uh, that was the day that his birthday was celebrated in this country. It was a week early, but he was leaving in a couple of days for India where they were going to have a mammoth celebration welcoming him back. And so there was a celebration scheduled for this day, and it was held at the Friends Meeting House. And the talk that Master gave on that occasion, called Love is the Way, uh, is available in many venues, including the book The Coming Spiritual Revolution and various issues of the magazine. But after that celebration was over, Master came back to Mr. Connor's house and about in about three hours he came downstairs and had a very informal and relaxed evening with a few people who were there. I was one of them. I was there that night. I had had a terrible migraine headache during the uh, main birthday celebration. And uh, it had been so bad that I had not been able to sit still, and I had left the hall a couple of times and gone back, and I heard part of the talk, and then I heard other parts. And um, 
so forth. But by this evening, um, I guess I was okay because I remember being at this talk very vividly and remember hearing it, all of it. So in many ways, this has always been one of my favorite talks, even though it is not as well known as many others. Anyway, Master began, if you would like to have questions, that would be better. Any of you? And there is a long pause. And then he finally says, what appealed to you about the talk which was given you this evening? And that was the talk, Love is the Way, one that was published under that title. And somebody says, fellowship with one another. And Master said, oh, that's the first thing, naturally. And the second comment, the great love of God for his devotees. And then someone said, I like the great love for his master. And there was a long pause. And then someone says, Master, is there an appointed time under divine law when a seeking disciple is led to the master? And master says, yes, appointed. And the questioner continues, for instance, you think that so many have been searching most of their lives in studying and searching, trying to understand spiritual realization, and then all of a sudden are led to a great being to have that realization awakened within them, but they have spent perhaps half their life just searching and searching. And Master said, the time spent in searching is counted. And people, this is really important to remember, you know, the time spent in searching is counted. Because oftentimes, especially we meet people who aren't initiated and who don't know where to turn. Next, it is not true that somebody is not on the path if they haven't yet been initiated. It's like there's a continuum. The search is a continuum the trajectory of each individual begins when, as Master says in another talk, the desire to meet God awakens in a man's heart that cannot be stamped out. That is the beginning of the trajectory, which continues, and it's one path. It continues up to initiation and beyond and includes anything along the way that they may do for that purpose. And all of this is understood and it's reckoned in. So Master says, the time spent in searching is counted. Our Master always used to say, let your whole life be spent in searching. Don't be afraid of it. Whoever is really in search of a true Master, he gets a true Master. It is a life and death problem. To just surrender your soul to somebody, when you surrender, you become the Master, mind that. Take the example of a girl who is given away in marriage to her husband. In the West, it has now become more of a business, excuse me. But in India, once a girl is married, she never cares about how she will eat, where she will get her clothes from, nothing. She never dreams of it. When you give up everything to someone, he has to care for you. So when you surrender yourself to somebody, well, he is there. It is told of Father Abraham that he went to a bazaar and purchased a slave. That was the custom in those days. He brought him home. He said to the slave, all right, sit down. 
and asked him, Where will you sit? The slave said, Wherever you want me to sit. What will you eat? Whatever you give me to eat. What clothes do you require? Whatever you like. Then Father Abraham heaved a long sigh. Oh God, he's better than I. When he becomes somebody's, he has no choice left whatsoever. No desire. When you surrender everything to God and the God in man, where is the question of there being any desire left? Be freed him. Go. I must become such a slave of God. The time spent in searching is good because those who have entered the field of intellect must be satisfied about the whys and wherefores of things. Otherwise, even if they take up the way, they won't progress because the questions will keep rising up within them. First, search. And when you sit at the feet of someone, stop all searching. Stop all your mind's ramifications. Stop everything else. Go on with what he wants you to do. Do it. He never wants you to leave your homes or anything. He wants you to lead a certain way of life, that's all. We say so much, but we do not live up to it. An ounce of practice is worth more than tons of theories. I think each one of you knows so much. If any one of you were asked to give a talk, he would give a wonderful talk. For we say, love all, hate none. Yet how many are there who do not hate anyone? Saying something is one thing. Living it is something else. Even if you take one item and live up to it, you will change. All other things will come in, all virtues. First take the outside thing. Suppose you observe nonviolence. Then you'll have to control your tongue first. You'll have to control your thoughts. Thoughts are potent. They react. You wouldn't like to usurp anyone's rights. You will not disrespect anyone. You will have love for all. Naturally, that follows. So naturally, when you don't want to harm anybody, even in mind, word, and deed, you will never tell lies. Why do you tell lies? In order to tell lies, a man must have a very good memory, which provoked considerable laughter. The master said, surely... If you tell lies, you will tell one man something, another something else, and a third still something else. And you must always be watching out. Well, what did I tell him? Just leave it, I tell you. If someone who has told a lie comes to you, listen to him. You'll find that after he's told it, he'll say still something else again. All the time he's afraid lest his lie be found out. So if you follow him quietly say for a month or two or three, you will find that he will be saying different things because he has a bad memory. So if you have love, you won't tell lies, you won't hate anybody. Nonviolence means not hating anyone. If you tell the truth, observe truthfulness, other things will follow. Suppose you have done anything wrong. If anybody asks you, what have you done, and you tell the truth, then the cat will be out of the bag. You won't tell lies. Have you thought anything against someone? 
If you talk to somebody against someone, naturally that goes around. A secret is a secret only so far as it remains within your own breast. If you tell it to some other person, your dear friend, well, he also has dear friends. Following, there is again considerable laughter at that remark. And Master says, take any one virtue. Others will follow. If you come in contact with the sound principle, the light principle within you, all virtues will come to you. Swamiji tells us, those who are thieves, those who do not devote time to the practices, always fall into the passions of lust, greed, anger, and egotism. These things naturally come up. And the more you come in contact with that inner sound and light, the more all virtues will come up. Guru Nanak says, if you begin to hear the sound principle continuously, you will become the abode of all virtues. One is interlinked with the other. Some people bring me their diaries, and they are very good diaries on the face of it. They also show some time put in for meditation, and their progress is not what it should be. I simply tell them, dear friend, if your diary is correct, you should have gone to the third plane. We must be true to our own selves. You can deceive others, not the God in you, not the God power or the Christ power which is within you. Be true to your own self. You have nothing to fear. So purity of life is required. You should start something, do something. And if you love, all things will also follow. Love is no sanctioned love. It is charity, love for God, love for all, for the God in them. Try to live up to it, that's all. This is the main thing that is required. How should you treat others? What should be your conduct of life? In one word, what is it? Someone once went to Vyas, who was a great rishi, and asked him, that which is called dharma, what should be the conduct of life that accrues peace and happiness? And he said, look here, treat others as you would like to be treated by others. If you speak ill of others, how would you feel if anyone spoke ill of you? If you rob others, think that if he is robbing you, how would you take it? This is what Christ also said. Whenever you are about to do anything, think anything or say anything, first think, if this very thing was going to be meted out to me, what would I do? How would you feel about it? Would you like it? I don't think so. So the conduct of life has to be changed. This is what is called true living. This is a criterion for it. We can deceive everybody, but we cannot deceive God. When a man lives 100% up to what the Master says, that is, to the God in him, I think he is sure to change. Of course, the disciple should not be in a hurry to go up. But if the Master is also inclined to take him up, then that's the way, that's all. 
It is God's grace that you get something to start with the very first day of initiation. Any average person gets it, even children. What greater grace could there be? Live up to it. What does it cost? We are so devoted to the worldly things that we have never cared for our own spiritual health. But when you have to leave this world, a notice comes to clear out of Washington, where the Master is now speaking, by tomorrow morning at 6 or by 12 midnight, then what will you do? Once there lived someone named Valmik. He was a dacoit, a very well-known robber. A saint passed by. He looked at him. His job was to plunder a man of everything he had, even to taking away his clothes and killing him. When Valmik saw the saint, he said, All right, what have you got? The saint said to him, Why are you doing this, dear friend? I have to live on it. My family is dependent on me. I have to earn money somehow or other. All right, the saint told him, Look here. This is a sin that you are doing. Go home. Kindly ask your wife and children if they would share this sin with you that you are now committing. He was a very active man and said, If I go home, you will run away. You see, each man has to see from his own level of thinking. No, dear friend, I won't go away. Tie me to a tree and then go home and inquire of your wife and children whether they would share this sin with you that you are committing. It appealed to him. He thought, all right, I'll tie him up. He tied the saint to a tree, went home and said, look here, I plunder everyone and kill them to bring home money and maintain you. It is a sin. Would you share this sin with me? His wife said, well, why should I share it? I have to eat. Bring it to me in whatever way you can get it. Then he went to the children and asked them the same thing. Nobody was going to share the sin with him. He came back. The saint asked, what did you find the replies to be? He said, nobody is going to share with me the sin I am committing daily. Then he awakened his soul. Whatever is the sin I have committed, they eat. Everyone uses it. I am only after two loaves of bread. Then why should I commit a sin? He refrained from it, and later on he became Valmik, a rishi. He turned out to be a rishi. When he sat in samadhi, ants formed houses all over his body. So the name Valmik means little people's homes upon the body. And Valmik, of course, also became the author of the Ramayana, the earliest and, uh, many people's opinion, greatest Hindu epic. If we think that what we earn is not rightly earned and we are committing a sin, then leave it off. If you have simple lives, you will not have to commit sin or do anything like that. Our master, Baba Sawan Singh Ji, used to go to Baba Khan, the very same man I mentioned yesterday. When he went there, he always gave Baba Khan some ten dollars or ten rupees. One time when Master was in the field area, he earned much money. He had a good amount of money, and when he went there, he gave him the same ten rupees. Baba Khan told him, look here, you have earned so much money and you are giving me only ten. 
Haven't you got any more money? Yes, I earned some more. All right, I want much more. And Master told him, you've become greedy. And what did Baba Khan say? No, no. You see, if you leave it there, someone else will take it away. I'm not to use it. My purpose in doing it is this. Whenever you are doing your duty, you are not doing it very honestly. Sometimes you waste a few minutes, sometimes in talking or gossiping about something. Whenever, whatever you have not been very honest in doing as your duty, that percentage should be taken out of your income and must be spent for the good of others, to give to the poor, to the needy, so that your income will be all pure. So earn your money, stand on your own legs, and share with others. But this is not everything. The main thing is that your spiritual self should be pure. After all, everything will remain here, whether you have hundreds or thousands or millions of dollars. Of course, the way you have earned the money, that will go along with you. That concerns actions and reactions. So the conduct of life should be changed. Unless that is changed, even if you have the truth, nobody will care for you. People judge by the way you live. Master indicates Madam Hardevi, Taiji, who is sitting on the floor at his feet. Her husband was a president of the Arya Samaj movement. He was very strict. The Arya Samaj was a kind of reform movement in Hinduism, began in the 19th century, uh, headed by Swami Dayananda, whom Master mentions occasionally, which in some ways was very good. It eliminated a lot of um, practices within Hinduism that were not so good. But in other ways, it was very fundamentalist, and they could be very strict uh, and uh, difficult to get along with and often opposed the masters. The Arya Samaj was one of the movements that opposed Baba Sawan Singh, for example. Her husband was a president of the Arya Samaj movement. He was very strict, and everybody was afraid of talking to him. Very strict. He would not spare anybody. Whenever he came to us, we were all afraid lest we should say something that would bring his wrath upon us. Well, he was initiated by our master. What was he doing? All throughout the night he was sitting, doing meditation. In the daytime, at work, at night, doing that. He changed altogether. To the people who were afraid of him, he became very sympathetic, loving, giving to the poor, sharing with others, all for the good cause. When our master went to, perhaps, Rawalpindi, Many people came to him for initiation. Master said, have you heard any talks? They said, no, no, we have not heard any talks, nothing of that sort. What have you seen? We have seen that man who was made a man by coming to your feet. So example appeals to all of us. Why are our satsangs defamed? We are responsible. Where there is love, there is love and sacrifice and service for one another. At least if you live in an all-loving way, that will appeal to others. They'll run after you. 
You may have the very high teachings, but if your life does not bear them out, then of what use are they? An example is better than a precept. In the early Sikh times, if any follower of the Sikh religion went to the court of the Mohammedans and said something, they would say, a Sikh can never tell a lie. Similarly, that was the case with our master. In the beginning, it was known to the courts that whoever went to him did not tell a lie. So life appeals to everyone. For instance, you are coming here, and if you are chaste, you are loving, you don't think evil of others, you don't rob others' rights, you are of help to others, and if need be, you sacrifice your interest for others, then naturally everyone will say, what are you? Where are you going? To what person do you go? One life is an advertisement broadcasting to all others. So the life is required. Our hearts should be pure. No ill will for anyone. No usurpation. No domination. Always giving, sacrificing, without any consideration. If you do good to others and they do good to you, what's that? It's a business. If others don't do you good and you still do them good, that is what is wanted. I told you, I think in this evening's talk, that there was a group of people preaching against our master directly beside him, and they were very hard up, for they could not manage to get anything to eat and drink. And those that attended were about one or two hundred people. He knew they were preaching against him. With all that, he said, Well, dear friends, you are having trouble getting your food. Everything here is ready. You can have your food here morning and evening. These are the ways that bring us closer. If somebody does you good and you do him good, what is that? That is but natural. It is businesslike. It is told of the prophet Moses that some stranger came to him. It is a law among the Mohammedans, a custom, that when you eat food, never eat it alone. Call somebody anybody who is not eating food. The law mentioned, go up to the roof and call out. If anyone has not taken food, let him come up. So a man came to him. The food was served and he began to eat. And Moses very much resented it. He told the man, why don't you pray to God first and then eat? He said to the man, get out. It is said that God inspired him and told him, Well, Moses, he did not pray to God, yet I gave him food. Why did you resent it? If you are businesslike, where lies the superiority in you? Do unto others in a selfless way. If anyone does not love you, you begin to love him. Don't do anything to harm him. Act in a friendly way. That will wash it away. These are very minor things, I tell you, but they have a great effect on our meditations. The diaries were introduced with some purpose, to meet with the times. But if one does not live up to it, then it is his own misfortune. When I started this under the orders of my master, you see all people are getting experiences. They said, oh, he's falling, 
He's distributing the spirituality and he'll be lost. He'll become bankrupt. I told him, well, if it is mine, I will become bankrupt. And if it is my master's, then how can I? Our master used to say, I can't find anyone who can distribute freely. If someone is in charge of a store for distribution, the duty of that man is to give out to whoever needs it. But what results? You give something to those who respect you. To those who don't respect you, you say, oh, stay away. You'll try not to give them anything. These are very minor things, I tell you, yet you'll find them almost everywhere in our daily life. If you have love for others, you'll tell the truth. If you tell the truth, you won't need a good memory, because you'll say the same thing that you see. So these little daily dyings spoil our life, not only by an act of commission, but even by thinking. Thoughts are potent. These are no new things that I'm telling you. I think each one of you knows them. This is perhaps only a reminder. The more you live up to it, the more you will progress. Try to live up to what you are told. In a few words, that's all I would say. And love is a panacea for all ills. Your lives will change. Those who will come in contact with you will praise you, not you, but the movement or the place where you go. That is true advertisement. And I should mention both the story of Father Abraham and the slave whom he freed when he realized that he was better than him, and the story of Valmik and the saint that he wanted to rob, and above all, the story of Moses and the man who didn't thank God, and Moses resented it. These stories have been very powerful stories in my particular connection with the Master. I would like to say in my life, but I am afraid I have not lived up to them. And uh, it is very easy for me to resent things like what Moses resented. And yet it has always been in my mind you know, it is not for us to judge. It really is a, a uh, an illustration of the principle of judge not, lest ye be ne- that ye be not judged. Because it's not our business. It was between that man and God, whether he thanked him for food or not. As God said to Moses, I gave him the food. Why did you resent it? In another place... Uh, Master tells a very similar story, maybe the same story, and God said, well, I have put up with that man for so many years, could you not put up with him for one night? It was, uh, not sure it's the exact same story, but the same idea, anyway. Alright, I want to read at least part of, uh, a kind of a similar talk, also an answer to question, from Sanchi, given on December 3rd, 1986. In Rajasthan, Master, can you transcend the inner planes just by doing Simran without doing bhajan or the sound? And Sanchi says, I have replied to this question earlier. This is called the awakening of our love, by the way. And both of these talks are from the March 1987 issue of Sant Bani. 
I have replied to this question earlier many times, but I will reply again today. I have often said that the five sacred names which we have been given at the time of initiation must be repeated when we do our meditation. Only by doing the repetition or the simran of the five sacred names can we cut the simran of the world, which brings us back again and again. As I said earlier, in this world you will not find anyone who has fulfilled all desires. Some people fulfill ten of their desires and four remain unfulfilled. Others fulfill four of their desires and ten remain unfulfilled. At the time of death, people remember their desires and with those desires they leave the body. According to that, they get their next birth. In their next lifetime, they easily get what they were craving in their previous lifetime, but again they get involved in many other desires and fantasies of that birth. And again, some of their desires get fulfilled, some of them remain unfulfilled. So in that way, the cycle of doing the remembrance or the simran of the world goes on and on. And the simran of the world or the remembrance or desires of worldly things brings us back into this world again and again. Saints lovingly explain to us the importance of doing the Simran which they have given to us. You should know that the Simran which the Masters give us is not hearsay. They have not picked it up from any book or scripture. The Simran which the Master gives us is the Simran which he has earned himself, which he has meditated upon. He has practiced that Simran according to the instructions of his Master, and in that way he has perfected it. That is why behind such a Simran given to us by the perfect master, the charging of that master works. And only by doing such a Simran, which has been given to us by the perfect master, which carries the charging of that master, can we cut the Simran or remembrance or desires of worldly things. In the beginning, when we get the Simran from the Master, it may be difficult for us to repeat it. But if we go on repeating it wholeheartedly and honestly, gradually it comes onto our tongue, and then it goes on happening within us automatically. When we remember something again and again, when we do something again and again, we become competent in that. In the same way, when we go on doing the Simran given to us by the perfect master, we become competent in that. We start forgetting the Simran or desires or thoughts of the world, and in its place the Simran given to us by the master resides. When the Simran of the master is happening within us, with the help of doing that Simran we can easily concentrate at the eye center. When our attention is concentrated at the eye center with the help of the Simran, we easily cross the suns, stars, moons, and finally we reach the radiant form of the Master. This is the function of the Simran. Simran can only take us up to the form of the Master. We know that whatever work we do is our work. Suppose we have a family. 
We just need to remember our child and his picture, his form, will appear before us by itself. Suppose we are working in an office. We just need to remember the office and the files, and whatever we are supposed to do will come in front of us and we will start seeing that. In the same way, if we are traveling and we remember the airport, all the flights and airplanes start coming in front of us. So the point is that whatever work we are doing in the world, we do not need to think a lot about it. Just by giving a little bit of thought to it, we start seeing all those things in front of us. They all come into our mind. As the form of the worldly things come into our mind just by remembering them, in the same way, if we remember the Master, if we do the Simran of the Master, the form of the Master also starts coming within us. Then, when gradually the form of the Master starts remaining still within us, we start going upwards. Because when we think of somebody bad, we get the bad qualities of that person. But if we think of somebody good, if we are doing the remembrance or the simran of someone who is high, pure, and holy, we start getting the qualities of that person. When we do the simran of the Master, and the form of the Master starts coming within us, gradually we get all the qualities of the Master in us. The remembrance of the worldly things pulls us down into the lower centers of the body, whereas the remembrance of the Master, or the vision of the Master, pulls us up beyond the eye center. The seat of our mind and soul is at the eye center, and when we sleep, our soul drops down into the lower centers of the body and starts functioning through those centers. Because our soul is functioning through the lower centers of the body, we cannot remain awake. Sometimes we think of something, but we get the dreams of something else. Sometimes those dreams are incomplete and we do not know what is happening. Sometimes we even get visions in which we are trying to run, but we are not able to run. That is why saints say that the worldly people do not have peace even in the dream state. This is because our soul is not at its center. It has dropped down into the lower centers. But when sometimes graciously Master pulls our soul up and blesses us with his visions, at that time, we do not feel anything like that. We feel a lot of love and peace coming from those visions. This is because the Master is very pure and very holy. He never comes down into the lower centers of the body. When he sees that the dear one has never gone up, at that time, graciously, sometimes he showers grace on such a disciple and pulls the soul of that disciple up so that he may have the vision of the higher planes. You may have noticed that it is very easy for you people to have dreams of the world, but to have dreams of the master is difficult. You may have noticed that when you have a dream of the world, you wake up with a lot of unrest and you do not have any peace. But when you have the vision of the master, you feel lighter. And many times it happens that people who had not been able to do meditation started enjoying it after they had the vision of the Master. Because we people have the habit of having dreams of the world, 
We think that when we have a vision of the master, that is also like a worldly dream. But no, that is not the case. When we have that vision, master is pulling our soul up and showering all his grace on us. In the Vedas and Shastras and all the holy scriptures, the great masters have talked very highly of the radiant form of the master. Those disciples who go within and see that form will also talk very highly of it. When we reach the radiant form of the master, our sleeping love gets awakened. We start sleeping towards the world and awakening in respect to God Almighty. Regarding this radiant form of the master, Guru Nanak has said, those who contemplate on this form of the master get happiness in this world as well as in the world beyond. Masters always say that we should contemplate on the radiant form of the master. They never say that you should contemplate on pictures of the master because pictures of the master are without life. They always emphasize contemplating on the radiant form. The radiant form of the master is full of life and life gives life. If by contemplating on pictures we could have made our work, then we could have easily contemplated the pictures of past masters. But that is not the case. The masters talk about the radiant form of the master, and when they say that we should contemplate on the master's form, they mean the radiant form. In this world of the negative power who makes the forms of husbands and wives, how the souls are losing themselves indulging with each other. I have seen many satsangis who say, from now on we will maintain chastity, we will not indulge with each other. But they keep failing again and again. But the soul who has reached the radiant form of the master does not want to look even at the radiant women who are inside, because the radiant form of the master is such that he gets intoxicated. Swamiji Maharaj says, if someone goes within and sees the radiant form of my master, he would not like to even look at the angels and fairies. So this was the answer to the first part of your question. Simran takes us up to the radiant form of the master. It does not take us beyond that form. I have said that these five sacred names which we repeat are the names of the lords or owners of those five great planes through which our soul has to go. Our soul can transcend the five planes only by climbing on the Shabbat. Satsangis do not have the knowledge of the importance or greatness of Simran. Since we don't know the greatness of Simran and do not appreciate it, when we sit for Simran, out of one hour of sitting, we may hardly be doing real Simran for five or six minutes. The rest of the time we spend thinking about things of the world. Our mind takes us to some other place. When we get up for meditation, after, say, meditating for one hour, we put down in the diary that we have meditated for an hour and a quarter because our mind convinces us that we have done a lot of Simran. But we never think about this minutely and discriminate how much time we have really done Simran in that hour. We do not think that out of this precious hour, 
this holy hour which our master has given us to do Simran, how much time we have thought of the world and how much time we have remembered the master. Now at present we may be hearing the Shabbat or the sound current, but that Shabbat is not pulling our soul up because our soul is involved or stuck in the nine openings of the body and the Shabbat is coming at the eye center. If we do Simran, vacate the nine openings of the body and bring our soul up to the eye center, then we would be bringing our soul within the range of the Shabbat and the Shabbat would pull our soul up and take her from plane to plane. On our soul there are three covers, physical, astral, and causal covers. When through meditation we reach the first plane, or Sahans Dalkamal, the physical cover is removed from our soul. Similarly, when we go on meditating and reach the second plane, the astral cover is removed from our soul, and when we reach the third plane, our soul becomes free from the causal cover. After removing all these three covers, when our soul realizes, reaches Dazwandwar, then she comes to realize her reality. She comes to know that she is just a soul. She is neither a woman nor a man. She neither belongs to America or any other country. She is only a soul of the essence of Almighty God. Right now we are sitting in the physical body and functioning through it, and we see the Master also in his physical form, outwardly through his body giving us answers to our questions, explaining things to us and inspiring us to go within. When we rise above the physical body, remove the physical cover from our soul, and go to the first plane, then we see the Master in the form of Shabbat, their master is functioning through his astral form. Further, when we, we remove the causal cover and reach Dazwandwar, then we see the master working in the form of the pure Shabbat. As we go on progressing upwards in the inner planes, the form of the master goes on changing from pure to purer, and in such kind we see the purest form, the Sar Shabbat form of the master. Often I have said that Sant Mat is not a fairy tale, it is reality. And those who work hard and go within see all these things with their own eyes. Saints and Mahatmas lovingly tell us, as long as you are outside, sometimes your mind will allow you to have faith in the Master and sometimes he will not. He will say, how can a man be God? And sometimes he will say, well, he is God. In this way, he will always keep you going back and forth. But if you go within even once and see the form of the master inside, after that, the faith you will develop will be such that no matter if the whole world goes against you, your faith will not be lost. Regarding this form of the master, Sufi Saint Bulishah has said, after going into the higher planes, God has come after becoming a man. Guru Nanak also said, O oh man, don't understand the Satguru as the human form. When my beloved Guru Dave withdrew from this physical world, when he changed his body, 
At that time, it created an uproar. People went into the courts claiming to be successors and heirs to the property and things like that. But this poor Ajayb stretched out his arms and shouted aloud, The master is not dead. The master has not left. Those who say the master is dead should be taken to the court and asked why they took someone as a master who was involved in births and deaths. Because he who is involved in births and deaths, how can he liberate you? How can he rescue you? Kabir Sahib also said, O man, you have the body of the master, but you have not realized, you have not searched for the real Satguru within. And this way you will come back into the cycle of 84 lakhs of births and deaths again and again. Masters always say, while your master is within the body, you should rise above your body as well as the body of the master and go within and see what power your master is and from which country he has come. Masters never attach us to their body. They always attach us to the Shabad, which is working within them. Guru Nanak said, My master is permanent. He never comes, he never goes. He is an indestructible being, and he is present within all. Masters never exhibit their power, and they also tell their disciples, If master has showered grace on you, you should hide it and keep it within you. Okay, we'll have a tape for a few minutes. Okay, can you serve the Kareyasi? Onadi Kreti Komadi Kareyasi. Onadi 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 ਉਪਰ ਮਾਲਕ ਹੈ ਜਿੱਥੇ ਕਬੀਰ ਸਾਹਿਬ ਦਾ ਸਤਿਖੰਡ ਦਾ ਵਾਸੀ ਹੈ ਉੱਥੇ ਕਿਹੜੀ ਹੀ ਪਹੁੰਚ ਸਕਦੀ ਸੀ ਤੂੰ ਏਡਾ ਵੱਡਾ ਕਿਤਾਬਾਂ ਦਾ ਜਿਹੜੇ ਬੈਲ ਲੱਦੇ ਹੋਏ ਆ ਕਿਸ ਤਰ੍ਹਾਂ ਲੈ ਕੇ ਉੱਥੇ ਜਾ ਕੇ ਪਹੁੰਚ ਜਾਏਗਾ ਮਾਸਟਰ ਯੂਜ਼ ਟੂ ਟਾਕ ਅਬਾਊਟ ਦ ਪੰਡਿਤ ਹੂ ਫਿਲਡ ਅਪ ਅ ਕਾਰਟ ਲੋਡ ਆਫ ਦ ਬੁੱਕਸ ਐਂਡ ਵੈਂਟ ਟੂ ਕਬੀਰ ਸਾਹਿਬ ਟੂ ਆਰਗਿਊ ਵਿਦ ਹਿਮ ਵੈਨ ਹੀ ਵੈਂਟ ਦੇ ਕਬੀਰ ਸਾਹਿਬ ਵਾਸ ਨਾਟ ਪ੍ਰੈਜ਼ੈਂਟ ਇਨ ਹਿਸ ਹੋਮ ਬਟ ਹਿਸ ਡਾਟਰ ਕਮਾਲੀ ਵਾਸ ਦੇਰ ਐਂਡ ਵੈਨ ਪੰਡਿਤ ਆਸਕਡ ਹਰ whether that was the home of kabir sahib she replied that the home of kabir is in the sky the path to which is very slippery slippery not even an ant can go there open this why are you carrying this cart full of the books she said that the place where kabir resides is sachkhand and not even an ant can go there the path the path to go there is very slippery and not even an ant can go there open this you think that you will be able to enter the home of kabir with this card full of the books jadon kabir se guru nanak dev ji maharaj hore us waqt hindustan di eh halat si ke vidya sirf pandit log hi pad sakde si de kansi de andar hi ohna ne university banayi si bagair pandit ton kisi nu adhikari nahi rakhya si da koi do akshar da gyan prapt kar lena and kabir sahab and guru nanak sahab well in this world at that time in india only the pandits were allowed to get the knowledge or only the pandits were allowed to do the reading and they had made a university in the city of kashi and except for nobody else except the pandits were allowed to go there to study unna da kam itna hi hunda siga 
ਲੋਕਾਂ ਨੂੰ ਸਮਝਾਉਣਾ ਖੁਦ ਅਮਲ ਨਾ ਕਰਨਾ ਐਸੀ ਹਾਲਤ ਵੇਖ ਕੇ ਸੰਤਾਂ ਨੇ ਆਪਣਾ ਸਤਸੰਗ ਜਾਰੀ ਕੀਤਾ ਔਰ ਇਹ ਵੀ ਦੱਸਿਆ ਪੜ ਪੰਡਤ ਅਗਰਾ ਸਮਝਾਏ ਘਰ ਜਲ ਤੇ ਕੀ ਖਬਰ ਨਾ ਪਾਏ their job or the job of the pandits was only to make other people understand they themselves would not do what they would explain to others looking at the condition of the pandits and the people of that time the masters started their satsang they even said that the pandits read and they make other people understand but they do not know that their own house is on fire main kahani pehla bhi kai dafa sunayi hai jo main baba mission das ko sunda sunati ga ਜਿਨਾ ਤੋਂ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਦੋ ਸ਼ਬਦ ਆਪੇ ਪਹਿਲਾਂ ਮਿਲਿਆ ਸੀ ਉਹ ਬੜੇ ਅੱਛੇ ਮਹਾਤਮਾ ਸਨ ਮੈਂ ਇਹ ਵੀ ਦੱਸਦਾ ਹੁੰਦਾ ਹਾਂ ਕਿ ਉਹ ਕਿੰਨੇ ਪੜੇ ਲਿਖੇ ਸਨ ਉਸ ਜ਼ਮਾਨੇ ਦੇ ਅੰਦਰ ਪੀਐਚਡੀ ਦੀ ਡਿਗਰੀ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਨੇ ਹਾਸਲ ਕੀਤੀ ਹੋਈ ਸੀਗੀ ਫਿਰ ਵੀ ਉਹ ਬੜੇ ਭਾਵਸ਼ਾਲੀ ਸਨ ਜਿਹੜੇ ਕਿ ਪੜ ਪੜਾਈ ਦੇ ਉੱਤੇ ਮਾਨ ਵੀ ਕਰਦੇ ਸਨ ਅੰਦਰ ਜਾਣ ਦੇ ਵਿੱਚ ਹੀ ਉਹ ਮਾਨ ਕਰਦੇ ਸਨ ਉਹ ਕਹਿੰਦੇ ਹੁੰਦੇ ਸੀਗੇ ਕਿ ਤੂੰ ਪੜੇ ਲਿਖੇ ਪੰਡਤ ਕਿਸੇ ਸਿੱਧੇ ਸਾਦੇ ਇਨੀਦਾਰ ਦੇ ਘਰੇ ਚਲੇ ਗਏ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਨੇ ਪੜੇ ਲਿਖੇ ਸਮਝ ਕੇ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਦਾ ਬੜਾ ਆਦਰ ਕੀਤਾ ਵੀ ਕੋਈ ਅੱਛੀ ਗੱਲ ਇਹਨਾਂ ਤੋਂ ਪ੍ਰਮਾਤਮਾ ਦੀ ਸੁਣਾਂਗੇ ਬੜੇ ਸਮਝਦਾਰ ਹੈ ਖਾਣਾ ਤਿਆਰ ਕੀਤਾ ਇੱਕ ਬਾਹਰ ਤੇ ਲੈ ਗਿਆ ਕਿ ਮੈਂ ਬਾਹਰ ਹੋਇਆ ਵਾਂ ਔਰ ਦੂਸਰੇ ਨੂੰ ਪੁੱਛਣ ਲੱਗਿਆ ਕਿ ਪੰਡੇ ਜੀ ਉਹ ਤਾਂ ਬਹੁਤ ਪੜੇ ਲਿਖੇ ਹੋਣਗੇ ਮੇਰੇ ਬੜੇ ਵਿੱਚੇ ਪਾ ਗਿਆ ਤੁਸੀਂ ਸਾਡੇ ਘਰ ਵਿੱਚ ਆਏ ਹੋ ਉਹ ਕਹਿਣ ਲੱਗਿਆ ਉਹ ਕੀ ਜਾਣਦਾ ਹੈ ਮੇਰਾ ਬੈਲ ਹੀ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਕਿਉਂਕਿ ਪੜੇ ਲਿਖੇ ਦੂਸਰੇ ਦੀ ਵਿਡਿਆਈ ਕਾਟੀ ਕਰਦੇ ਹੈ ਜਦ ਉਹ ਬਾਹਰ ਗਿਆ ਉਸ ਨੂੰ ਪੁੱਛ ਕਹਿਣ ਲੱਗਿਆ ਕਿ ਪੰਡੇ ਜੀ ਮੇਰੇ ਬੜੇ ਉੱਚੇ ਭਾਗ ਹੈ ਸਾਡੇ ਘਰੇ ਪੜੇ ਲਿਖੇ ਆ ਗਏ ਹੈ ਸਾਨੂੰ ਕੁਝ ਸਮਝਾਉਂਗੇ ਪ੍ਰਮਾਤਮਾ ਦੇ ਮੁਤਲਕ ਗਿਆਨ ਦੇਉਂਗੇ ਉਹ ਤਾਂ ਕਿ ਬੜੇ ਪੜੇ ਲਿਖੇ ਹੋਣਗੇ ਜਿਹੜੇ ਬਾਹਰ ਗਏ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਕਹਿਣ ਲੱਗਿਆ ਉਹ ਤਾਂ ਮੇਰਾ ਗਦਾ ਹੀ ਹੈਗਾ ਕੀ ਪੜਿਆ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਕੁਝ ਨਹੀਂ ਜਾਣਦਾ ਦਾ ਜਦੋਂ ਖਾਣੇ ਦਾ ਟਾਈਮ ਹੋਇਆ ਉਸ ਜੀਨੀਦਾਰ ਨੇ ਕੋਲੇ ਭਾਲੇ ਨੇ ਪਤ ਪ੍ਰਾਲ ਲਿਆ ਕੇ ਦੋਨਾਂ ਦੇ ਅੱਗੇ ਰੱਖ ਦਿੱਤਾ ਜੈਸੀ ਕਿ ਡੰਗਰਾਂ ਦੀ ਖੁਰਾਕ ਹੁੰਦੀ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਬੜੇ ਪਰੇਸ਼ਾਨ ਹੋਏ ਕਹਿਣ ਲੱਗੇ ਵੀ ਪਿਆਰਿਆ ਤੂੰ ਸਾਨੂੰ ਖਾਣਾ ਖਵਾਉਣਾ ਹੈ ਜਾਂ ਮਖੌਲ ਕਰਦਾ ਹੈ ਟਿਚਰਾ ਕਰਦਾ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਕਹਿਣ ਲੱਗੇ ਨਹੀਂ ਜੀ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਜੋ ਕੁਝ ਤੁਸੀਂ ਦੱਸਿਆ ਕਿ ਇਹ ਗਦਾ ਹੈ ਇਹ ਬੈਲ ਹੈ ਮੈਂ ਜੋ ਖੁਰਾਕ ਹੈ ਤੁਹਾਡੀ ਉਹ ਲਿਆ ਕੇ ਰੱਖ ਦਿੱਤੀ ਹੈ ਪੜੇ ਲਿਖਿਆ ਕੋਲ ਕੀ ਜਵਾਬ ਸੀਗਾ ਉਹ ਸ਼ਰਮਿੰਦੇ ਹੋਏ ਆਈ ਹੈਵ ਟੋਲਡ ਯੂ ਦਿਸ ਸਟੋਰੀ ਅਰਲੀਅਰ ਆਲਸੋ ਦਿਸ ਇਜ਼ ਸਮਥਿੰਗ ਵਿਚ ਬਾਬਾ ਬਿਸ਼ਨਦਾਸ as told me which i heard from our vishandas as you know that baba vishandas was the master from whom i got the initiation into the first two words he was a very learned person even though at that time in india it was very rare to find such learned people he had the doctorate he was so much learned but still he was about the learning and he knew that learning or reading is not all and he was very fortunate one that he was able to practice what he had learned so he told me this story which i have said earlier which i told you earlier also about the two pandits once two pandits came to a farmers to an innocent farmers home and that farmer became very happy he welcomed them and thinking that the learned people have come to his home so he felt very fortunate 
So he welcomed both of them with much love and respect. And he made, he prepared very good foods. So when the food was being prepared, when both the pundits were there, one of them went outside for a walk or something like that. So the farmer told the other pundit that I am very fortunate one that the learned people have come to my home. You seem very learned and the other pundit who has gone out, maybe he is also very learned. He must be a very learned person. So that pundit, because you know that the learned people appreciate the other learned person very rarely, they don't appreciate the other people. So when the farmer said that I am very fortunate one to have the learned people in my home, and when he said that the other person, the other pundit must be very learned, so the pundit who was there in the house, he said, well, what, what, what learning he has done, he is not more than a fellow, he is, he is, he has not learned anything. So the farmer kept quiet. So when that pundit came back, and this first pundit, when he went out, he repeated the same thing to him. He said, well, I am very fortunate one that today in my home, this learned people have come. You seem like you are a very learned person, but the other pundit also seems like he is a very learned person. He's, maybe he is more learned than you are. He replied, well, what does he know about the learning? He has not learned anything. He is not more than a donkey. So that innocent farmer, he just kept quiet. And when the time for the meals came, instead of bringing all the good foods which he had made for them, he brought the hay and grass and the things which they feed the buffalo, feed the bullocks and uh, the donkeys with. So when those pundits saw that kind of food offered to them, they got upset and they said, well, are you making fun of us? Are you fooling us? Are you insulting us? Or are you giving us the food to eat? He replied that I'm not doing anything wrong. You said that he was donkey and you said that he was a block. So this is what the donkeys and the blocks eat and that is why I have given this food to you. So when they got such a reply from that innocent farmer, they they didn't have anything they, to say. They became, they felt very embarrassed. Okay, our final bhajan is page 252. Salan, Salan, Dunia, Kindi. Um, the world calls him Salan. I am his intoxicated one. Laughing and laughing, he gave me the gift of immortal Kapal. And I, I would like to point out, I, I don't know how legitimate this is, but the the line hasada hasada literally means laughing and laughing. It's translated in the official translation very happily. And it is possible that Sanchi wanted that done that way. But I think personally that this is a reference to Salon Singh's incredibly infectious and appealing laughter which he often indulged at satsang and at other places, and of which there are a number of pictures showing him absolutely uh, broken up in laughter. And uh, it always um, brings that back to me or makes me think of that. Laughing and laughing, he gave me the gift of immortal Kripal. Since I saw Sawan, I have hidden him in my eyes. I have never forgotten the way Sawan smiled. Sawan is beloved, Sawan is beautiful, Sawan is the owner of my heart. He was the radiant form who lives in the eyes. His style was unique, his glory was unique, 
Still I have not understood. Every day I cry. Every day I sing. People call me mad. White beard, broad forehead, tying a turban he came. Even the fairies bow down to him. And the moon has come out in the sky. The world searches for him outside, but he has given everyone the slip. Let us all go to Sirsa, Kerpal proclaimed. Ajayb also sang, Gracious Sawan has caused the drizzle to shower. Come, let us all have the darshan of the radiant form. The world calls him Sawan. I am his intoxicated one. Laughing and laughing, he gave me the gift of a mortal Kerpal. Bhajan of Sanchi on page 252. And we do have Prashad, Sanchi Kerpal Prashad, uh, which will be distributed while we sing. Sawan, Sawan, Dunia Kendi, Meodima Sitani, Hansida, Hansida, Gay Degia Menu. Kirpal Marnishani Sawan Sawan Dunia Kendi Meodima Sitani Hansida Hansida Degia Menu Kirpal Marnishani Sawana Sawana Dunia Kendi Jadada Sawana Najariya Palakavicha Lukaya Ajetakanabulahi Sakiya Jo Sawana Musikaya Jada da sawana najariya Palika vicha lukaya Ajetak nabulahi sakiya Jo sawana musikaya Sawana piara sawana sona Sawana Piara Sawana Sona Sawana Dilbarjani Hansida Hansida Degia Menu Kirpala Marnishani Sawana Sawana Dunia Kendi Meo di masitani Ikiya menu Kirpala marnishani Sawana sawana dunia kendi O siye kanurani chehera Anikavicha Samaya 
Chuj nirali shana nirali ajasam ajana aya o siye kanurani chehra ankavicha samaya Chuj nirali shana nirali Sancha samajana aya Nita hiro va nita higava Nita hiro va nita higava Loka heina divani Hanseda hanseda degi amenu Kirpala marani shani Sawana sawana dunia kendi Meyo dimasetani Hansida hansida degi amenu Kirpala marani shani Sawana sawana dunia kendi Chiti dari choda mahatta Pagaribana sajaya Pariyataka nu sajadehi karadiya Chanviyambara chadaya Chiti dari choda mata Pagaribana sajaya Pariyataka nu sajadehi karadiya Chanviyambara chadaya Dunia onu bahar labdi Dunia onu bahar labdi Degia ki tej kani Hansida hansida degia menu Sawana sawana dunia kendi Meyo dimasetani Hansida hansida dehigi amenu Kirpala marni shani Sawana sawana dunia kendi Chelo niseyo sir sanu chaliye Kirpal neho kalaya Sawande alune rima jimalayi Ajayba nevigaya Sheloni seyo sir sanu chaliye Kirpal neho kalaya Sawande alune rima jimalayi 
अज्जाए बने भी गाइया आवो सब ही दर्शन करिए आवो सब ही दर्शन करिए ओ सूरत नूरानी हंसदा हंसदा देगिया मेनू कृपाल मर निशानी रावण सावन दुनिया कैंदी मेयोदी मस्तानी हंसदा हंसदा देगिया मेनू कृपाल मर निशानी सावन सावन दुनिया कैंदी The world calls him Sawan I am his intoxicated one Laughing and laughing he gave me the gift of immortal Kripal May God bless us all <laughs>